on a side before you finish telling me your story we went to the vet and the dog's fat we i got the whole speech they like put her on the the scale and they were like 35 pounds and all i could think was oh my god the vet's gonna give me a speech she's gonna monologue about how my dog's fat and she did that's 100 percent what happened um and now she's on a diet i just talked to myself he left me because i left him All right. I told you a whole story. You weren't even there. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'll have to listen to it in the edit. And then I'll record my reaction. Your dog is fat. Well. Let's just jump right into it. Let's or just jump mess. right into it, yeah. No, this is a great way. I mean, we haven't recorded in a little while. So. I know. I, I'm going to actually post, I think, before we get this up, I'll put like a real brief uh, personal hiatus thing on like Instagram or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That we're coming back from it, and here's our sneak peek of the things that are coming. Please don't abandon us, all 12 listeners. I know. Well, we might get more. I uh, finished the podcast with the other guy, and we're going to get it posted maybe cool. the end of this week or next week. We should look into editors. I know. We would be so much The better. edit is the we're, problem, so. We are so good at researching and talking about things we're interested in. Yeah. Not so much editing. Sometimes we're good at talking about I think we're always good at talking about it until it gets really boring. Yeah, that's true. Because the last one we did, it was easier to start reading about other things than it was to talk about the thing we needed to talk about. Welcome to a special in-between episode of 90s Schmaltz. Where two 90s guys do a belly flop on the shows we grew up watching from after school specials, TGIF, and Saturday morning cartoons. Talking about nostalgia, bad acting, and why these shows were radical. And this time we talk about movies. We sure do. If you like what you hear, please give a rating wherever you listen to your podcast, as it really helps us out, I assume. And you can find us at www.90schmaltz.cool. That's C O O L. All right, one second. What are we talking about today? Oh, the Wait, movie we're talking about. Anything today. new from last episode? Oh man, so much new from last episode. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Let's talk about it because this is probably a good one since this will actually get put out before Christmas. Yeah. You sit on a throne of lies. Okay, so what do we do? Tell me. Um, we kind of went personal hiatus. I had a bunch of family stuff come through, unfortunately, and uh, everything's a lot better than it was. Is it more resolved? Yes, very much so. That's I'm good. happy to say that everything is in a better place and hopefully you know nothing's gonna come up again in the near future good but yeah it was it was a lot my dad was in the hospital easy go and apparently my grandmother went to the hospital as well where we found out she had a heart attack two years ago ah grandma there were there were more things to it i know right she's like oh i just didn't want to bother anybody that's what got jim henson bother people I feel like that's just like a general thing for that generation. What are we talking about today? Well, what about my life? Hold on. Nobody cares. I do actually care. All I got right now is uh the my fridge, the power, like we had a power surge of some sort. Sitting in the bathroom uh, in the like going pee while I waited for the dog to eat. And then I take him out right after that. And yeah. the light and the fan started like noticeably flickering. And then it all went out, and that, that evidently killed the fridge. Uh, so the fridge has been out, and then our landlord's lazy. So we got Did our you get fridge. The new fridge. Yes, on Friday, but she tried to. I don't know, like how she thinks she paid for it, but they didn't pay for the haul away. So we have uh, an old broken fridge in the middle of our kitchen now. <laughs> oh my! So we're a two fridge <laughs> household. Twenty five dollars extra to haul away your previous. Yeah, I think it was fifty. Uh, if I had known, it's it's one of those things. Like she should have told me that she did it because the or that I could have told the guy to do it right. Like right. But it was just like we don't have a hallway order. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, what I'm a renter. I don't give a it? shit. So what are you guys going to do with the fridge? Texting the landlord to take care of it. Okay. Now we she's going to have to pay like triple the amount to have somebody come back for it. Uh, that's we we went ahead and got a quote from someone nearby as two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it is, so she was like, "That's too much. I'll find someone else." So I don't know. Would they're gonna find some uh, handyman idiot or something? Some random guy's just gonna show up to your house, which would be great. Hey, I mean, for the fridge. I, I wouldn't mind if some if one of their doofuses like dings up the walls a little bit because 
we ding the walls a little bit, but it's like if they can get one or two where I'm like, oh, that was your guy. I'll just make sure you take your pictures. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. <clears throat> we went to Philly. We went to the, the PAX Unplugged. Oh, I thought you were telling me that you went No, recently. we went. <laughs> I was like, you went to Philly and you didn't tell me? No, we went. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It'll, uh... I actually, after that, you were telling me about the earplugs and stuff, and I found, uh, like, sensory ones to try to make my life a little bit easier. Oh, uh, so you get them? Ears don't what, hurt anymore. Is it, like, loop or what? Uh, I, they're not loop. I forget okay. what I ordered. They were 30 bucks. They got the, um, like, through NPR or whatever it was. Oh, okay, they yeah, yeah. had their name on it. I don't know. I'll give them a try for $30. The official definitely. NPR... <laughs> I think it was a Shark Tank one that... My Money Talk officially branded sensory earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. But oh, yeah, man. hopefully, I um, it, I just, I want to be able to not have my whole ears and brain hurt from trying to like filter out all that sound anymore. Okay, now what are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh, we watched how? a Christmas music for Christmas time. A Christmas classic. This is one of those um, things that is more... A lot of people know about it. It's a famously bad. A lot bad. of people have actually watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's a famously bad thing. I don't know if MST3K or Rift Tracks did a thing on this, but I know it's somewhere in that because this is apparently in the public domain, which is exciting. Could not find why, but it's widely reported that it is. Hopefully, well, it's true. Otherwise, if nobody just... keeps upping the trademark yeah. or whatever it is, right? It goes after fifty years, <clears throat> and I guess that'd be how we. Got the, the play. Uh, Maverick Theater yeah. live production. Uh, the movie released on November 14th, 1964, and this thrilling Christmas tale tells the story of a Martian leader's plights to bring happiness back to the children of Mars. The Martian leader, Kimar, battles the U.S. Space Force, his fellow council member, Voldor, and little Billy Foster in an epic battle of wits and 1960s-styled fighting techniques to change Mars for the better and allow the children to be children again. All by kidnapping the one and only Earth Santa Claus. Is that an AI synopsis? It's not. I wrote it. Is it <laughs> oh, <that my> bad? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was trying to have fun. <laughs> I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> All right. I uh, have been doing AI, but only I know that's why I'm not. It's not. This didn't come from nowhere. That's not just me <laughs> saying that your writing sounds like a robot's. I always rewrite the AI. It oh, just okay. Like starts it for me. And you know what? This was a little too accurate to be the AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it might not have even talk about any episodes. It might have just been talking about a generic, like amalgamated episode. And that it wrote itself. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember this? I've never. I don't even think I had originally heard of this until when we put it on our list for last year. Yeah, I think I watched this like ten years ago. And uh, uh, the only thing I remembered was that the bad guy looks like Frank Zappa. He does look like Frank Zappa. It's a, it's a great fake mustache. It, it must have been really nice way back when that you could get away with kind of crappy costumes. Oh, and are they crappy costumes? Yeah. Uh, all right. Tell me about who made this. Uh, directed by Nicholas Webster, who... I just want to bring up is apparently found his niche because he also directed what was it a lot of miscellaneous why the hell can I think of what it's called <laughs> cryptid or mystery yeah like yeah just uh, man beast myth or monster where it's a, a documentary about the yeti or uh, bigfoot or any of that stuff or Leonard Nimoy in search of yeah he did do a few other things but the other movie that he directs is mission to mars so that's after santa conquers the martians well, i but can't wait really for a man beast to come through the the plex server we're gonna watch that yeah that looks fun well if there's so um, much there's so much bigfoot stuff encrypted stuff these days it's gonna be good to go back to like one of the old ones where they don't really have much to work with but that shaky film but that would have been after this one i think maybe i don't know no i don't know i didn't when see the... when that one was released Let's see, uh, famous Bigfoot footage. 67. Okay, and the Myth right. or Monster came so, out in 78. Yeah, 1967. So they could have used it. I'm sure we'll see it in there. The screenplay uh, and story written by, um, well, story by Paul L. Jacobson and screenplay Glenville Marath, and that's the only thing they ever wrote. 
Yeah, it's funny. Notable. It's a, no, I mean that, that's the only thing we can find at all. So, and to the point where I was trying to figure out if uh, any of his vital statistics, including his birth or death, and nothing, nothing at all. So that's wild. Yeah, the only thing he's got on IMDb is three versions of this, uh, two of which are, you know, one of which has nothing to do with him, and one of which has never made it past pre-production. Music by Milton Delug, who I want you to picture the way he looks. And he looks like, now I'm not 100% sure how nicely to, he, he's a, a white guy balding and he's trying to pull off a really fat goatee. Here, did, did you see the picture of this? Did you post one? I'm going to right now. What an interesting looking man. Yes. <laughs> His uh, did you look at his IMDb? Yeah, he's got a lot stuff. of stuff. It's yeah. he's the composer for the for many years for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, that's <laughs> and wild. the Tournament yeah, of Roses Parade. He served as uh, NBC's musical director for decades. He was like a jazz and pop arranger, essentially from yeah the, the Gong Show. Yeah, the mid yes, Mystery Science Theater three thousand did do this in nineteen ninety three because uh, he's credited as a writer. On Mystery Science Theater 3000 for Hooray for Santa Claus. S A N T A C L A U S Hooray for Santa Claus. Hooray for Santa Claus. You spell it S A N T A C L A U S Hooray for Santa Claus. Okay. Um, Which uh, isn't a bad song. No, it's not. Uh, Delug's uh, other like notable hits um, that he uh, composed for popular artists were Orange Colored Skin. Uh, Nat King Cole, Shanghai, Doris Day, uh, Be My Life's Companion, The Mills Brothers. I'm not going to keep going, but he had yeah. a bunch of those. Uh, he, this guy, in comparison to the fame of this film, which is not much of anything, he, uh, Milton was a was a pretty big deal for the time period. Yeah. And I'm the the movie stars John Call of Santa Claus, Leonard Hicks, uh, Vincent Beck is Voldar, Bill McCuchin is Droppo, then there's Victor Stiles, Donna Conforti, Chris Month, Pia Zadora, Charles Wren, and a bunch of names that I don't think anybody listening to this is even going to know who it is. Yeah, Pia Zadora is one that I, when you look up this movie, that's one of the things to say. It's like, this is, that's Pia Zadora. And it's that might have been a thing that was maybe more meaningful in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. And uh, the only name that on this entire list that has like some impact is Bill McCoochin, who is Uncle Wally from Sesame Street. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Beck was a, um, a big, bigger theater actor. He had a few miscellaneous roles here and there. And then John Call uh, did a few things at the, the beginning of TV, like Fireside Theater and Omnibus, but not much else. Yeah, interesting. And I guess, what's next? What else could you be watching this year? All right. Well, I got some some box office, which was interesting because uh, I guess at this point, it 1968 is when they actually started collecting box office. Okay, I was going to say I thought data. 64 was going to be harder for us to find. Well, those. and so they they have data, but it's like this: all they have is the how many theaters rented it, or they can, oh, okay. they know like what they paid to the theater essentially. Like the uh, they're backing into it from the theater's rental cut as to how much money it made and then they only look at like 20 big cities or something like that it took until the late 60s and they got the big old red room size ibm 360 computer to to actually tabulate what the box office was Ooh, fun yeah and then so so until you get to like probably the 80s that's where it actually becomes a a well-attested well-measured thing which makes sense. Because the box office 1964 in film on Wikipedia has uh, the highest grossing films are based on the domestic rentals. So that's, that'd be the theater rentals. Okay. And uh, the top movie of this week that this came out, which was November 14th. November 14th, 1964. Number one movie this week that it came out was My Fair Lady. Oh, yeah. Which was in almost every theater, comparative yeah. to this. <laughs> and then uh, Mary Poppins was the week before this. Was the oh top. wow! So at the very end of the year, Goldfinger. If you think when you think about that, and you're like this against Goldfinger, that's quite a difference. Yeah, quite a difference. I can imagine this only was uh, rented in theaters for very select places. Uh, the budget on 
uh, Wikipedia shows is 200000 which is actually kind of pricey for 1964. For the budget? Yeah. Or the take? For the budget, for the budget. Oh, yeah. And that's estimated, so who knows how accurate that is. But Yeah, let's see. Uh, there were a couple cool props in this. How much did Goldfinger cost to make? $3 million, yeah. Yeah, okay. So... Still, I mean, what's that inflation-wise? All right, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> the movie opens with "Hooray for Santa Claus." Well, the movie opens with Jlor Productions. Oh yeah, which, well, by the way, I think this is the only thing uh, Jlor produced because I couldn't find anything else when I looked it up, which is why I didn't even add a produced by at the beginning of this. That's fair. But then, yes, hooray for Santy Claus. And literally, for the whole beginning of the movie, everybody calls him Santy. And then as the movie goes on, they start to call him Santa, which I thought was really weird. Maybe they just forgot the bit. Or maybe, uh, like, maybe. later on they were like, oh, we didn't get the rights to Santa Claus. So you're going to call him Santy Claus. <laughs> so the opening credits, always fun. Yeah, I like that song. I'm going to use that. It's a good as, song. Uh, yeah. So we open with, uh... At this time, Station KID-TV brings you the special event of the year, a first in television history. At this very moment, KID-TV has standing by a television crew at Santa Claus Workshop. And in just a few seconds, our special correspondent, Andy Henderson, will bring you a person-to-person interview with Santa Claus himself, direct from the North Pole. Santa Claus is real. Yeah, Santa Claus is real, and he's being interviewed on the evening news. He is, yeah. yeah. They go to the workshop and ask him how things are going for this Christmas. But he's real, and everybody plays into it because it everything makes the news. They constantly talk about it. They're literally at his workshop interviewing him. Yeah, getting ready for Christmas, and it's a classic Santa's workshop. And they use real little people yeah. as the elves. They look great. They got great little fake beards on them. They really do. You know, for the upscaling version of this movie that we watched, I'm actually really surprised at how good it did look. Yeah, it's not bad. Because I watched this in full screen, and, and, you know, my display settings are 2560 by 1440, and it did not look like utter shit. That is uh, to its credit. Yeah, I I was really surprised at how well it it looked. I mean, it's grainy. There's a lot of noise in the tape, obviously. Um, But... I don't know. I guess just the way it was recorded really just carried over, and it, it you can tell when props are crappy and the the makeup stands out. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was still some of the props were better than the that killer clowns cotton candy thing. The sets are good, generally. Yes. They know? make me the Mars sets make me think of Star Trek. Yeah, but the the Martian hats in particular are oh, uh, like so stupid looking in this like the classic way of like a child made it yes <laughs> like, they a child could have like made the these 50s. hats yeah. yeah uh they didn't expect it to be in color and like readable <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know but yeah they got these dumb antennas they got each have a hose on the right side of their head it's funny too because everybody except for droppo has the exact same type of like wiring in the helmet yeah and they gave droppo um, like actual bunny ears that extend for like a single scene and he just keeps the helmet for the rest of the thing yeah well they gotta get they pull out the kids ones too i think uh when they are oh, like ho- when they're hooking that. them up to the learning device uh so the the whole plot of the movie is that the kids on mars uh get information downloaded into their heads which makes them dull and boring uh and they don't they never get a chance to be kids and they right. keep watching earth TV, which shows them kids. And so they're rebelling by not doing anything. I wrote that down here. Martian kids don't know what tender love and care is. Uh huh. And that all of their meals are in pill form. I love the food pills. It's so funny. <laughs> food pills is one of my favorite stupid sci-fi tropes. There's an episode of salute your shorts where they're, they go to the, the mess hall and are given, like the the traditional camp foods in pill form as a dark dark vision of the future it's funny too because on mars all of the pills are popular earth foods yeah. <laughs> yeah they got chocolate on mars apparently Kima, i bought some new food pills i hope the children will eat these we have hamburger buttered asparagus mashed potatoes and a special treat for them 
chocolate layer cake pills. Uh, this is a confusing setting as far as what they do and don't know and do and don't understand. Yeah. But the uh, the Martian house set is my favorite because it's a weird... Which we, we do go to the Martians immediately after we interview Santa Claus. Yes, so because they're watching the... We're seeing the kids watch the broadcast. Right, yeah. And they set it up as in, like, Santa's real, kids are watching it, and then we get to meet our Martian leader, uh, Kimar, and then he's waking up Droppo, who yeah. is the laziest... <laughs> the laziest um, man on Mars. The man on Mars, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, we're not really sure entirely of the relationship here, but it, Droppo seems like some sort of slave... Yeah, some, lo- some live-in house. slave yeah. of some sort that uh, they don't—they aren't particularly nice to. He's that classic Duncee. Yeah, does everything. He's wrong like a stupid character. butler, maybe or something. Yeah, but uh, but like he's—he lives at their house. But then the guy comes in and is like, "Where are you hiding? You lazy sleep? Are you sleeping again?" I will say though, but Bill McCutcheon as Droppo. Oh, he's great. And John Call as Santa Claus are the two like people who are acting in this yeah bill mccutcheon's having a good time he's a delight he is a delight. i mean it he's he's making some weird faces <laughs> he really, <laughs> really is, yeah i mean he's a funny looking guy kind of like that's his his shtick is like when he's uncle wally on sesame street he's doing a lot of the same stuff but he's kind of like um uh barney fife uh don knotts don knotts yeah yeah he's kind of like a, yeah, a ridiculous yeah yeah not as good but no well, Kimar is no Andy Griffith, so no, no, sir, he is not. And so it's worth mentioning that the main Martian family are oh yeah, Kimar, which is King Martian, uh, Momar, <laughs> Mom Martian, Germar, and Bomar, which for girl Martian and boy Martian. Yep, funny names, <clears throat> and then the rest of them have kind of dumb names. Yeah, they do. There's like, well, I like Voldar. Voldar's good, yeah. Uh, but Dropo. Uh, yeah, I never, I didn't understand that one. I think they just gave him weird names because there's a. Uh, yeah, I think so. Hargo, Rigna, Chochem, Winky, Stobo. So Winky's an elf. Chochem. <laughs> Stobo and Shim. I saw in the Wikipedia article, I guess that means uh, it's a Yiddish or Hebrew word meaning sage, but used ironically for fool. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, then they play that up pretty well in the movie. Yeah. Ancient one of Mars, I call upon you. We need you, Chochem. You called me, Kimar. Got ancient man. So they go. They go and consult with the ancient sage of Mars, who's just an incredibly old, eight hundred year old man, dressed in rags, and they're trying to figure out what to do about the kids. They are, yes. He tells him about Christmas. <laughs> tells him to go let the kids play with toys and we're in great need of Santa Claus on Mars, he says. And so Yeah, cuz he asks him, "Oh, what time of year is it?" Oh, they no wonder they're doing this cuz it's December. He says right, it's, that's it's, what it was. I, I wrote that down. It's uh it's mid-September. That's right. <laughs> Do you have that quote from Voldor after they're done talking to him again? Chochem is 800 years old. You can't dismiss the wisdom of centuries. I can. <laughs> uh, we this is where we meet Voldor as well. Voldar, who looks like Frank Zappa, he's got an excellent big fake Hulk Hogan mustache. It, he's such a unique character in this too because he's it's almost like in Act One he's one type of personality, in Act Two he's a completely different type yeah. of personality. You mentioned the makeup, and I I wanted to mention that it they are various shades of green and brown. And I think you may be on to something that it's like depends on how long it had been since they'd come out of makeup. Yes, because it, there are scenes where it's starting to wear off. It's starting to look a little more brown or gray. But once they decide that they need to kidnap and bring Santa Claus, that's where it all starts. Yeah, and then we get the long... We get a lot of B-roll in that, too. Yeah, there's a lot setup. of good uh, Air Force B-roll throughout the movie. Yes. There's uh, like great shots of radar dishes, of people sitting at desks with multiple red phones, uh, some jet fighter footage. It had to have been a lot of stuff like General Air Force for like the space race stuff, but some yeah. of the, the, the jets and whatnot had to have been like Vietnam air uh, reels. Yeah. 
Well, obviously, we're in the air. It's 1964. Yeah. So we get an extended space flight sequence where they're in that weird little cockpit. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're Dropo's on their way causing to trouble Earth. with the radar box because he's hiding in there. It literally says, can we talk about the ship, though? Because, like, the radar <laughs> box says radar ship. They have, like, clocks for different planets. Yeah, and the Jupiter just has, uh, like, four years. Yes. That it's, that it's moving between. Uh, I think that's a nice touch, honestly. It's really there stupid, but it's cool funny. There's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, the, the set design is, there's a lot of weird good stuff. In the Martian house, there's a kind of a column in the back that just has five made up control panels that people just go back and do stuff to in various scenes. They're yes. just they're just pressing the buttons and levers and turning the wheels. I think there was one where Droppa was just literally standing there moving a dial and yeah. the the mom comes in, what are you doing? He's like, Oh I'm doing the laundry. <laughs> it's really funny. They have a really cool design like um chair though. Oh yeah, in the house, yes. Or how they put the kids to bed and they like hit the button and it like puts down some sort of like just some lights that go down as if it's putting a blanket on there. Yeah, it was neat. And that's them them getting put in their like their schooling table bed like the Venture Brothers. Right. Yeah, and you said uh, I have a note on here about the makeup. You said they look like coal miners. They do look like yeah, coal miners at various times. I like when they finally get to Earth though. They're looking for Santa Claus and they keep finding Santa Clauses. Trying to figure out which one they're supposed to steal. Yeah, those like the the Red Cross Santa Claus or the Santa the Mall Santa Claus. I see yeah. a Santa Claus over there ringing a bell. I see three Santa Clauses, and they're very confused. So to figure out what they're going to do, they land in a field and steal some children. Who who are you? We're from Mars. Don't be afraid. We have children just like you on Mars. What are those funny things sticking out of your head? Those are our antenna. Are you a television set? <laughs> Stupid question. They just find two children. And they're like, hey, tell me where the real Santa is. And they're like, no. And then they do anyway. Yeah, they do anyway. Because the, the Martians come out with their guns blazing at this point in time. They're like just pointing guns at kids. The, <laughs> the, there's like the intense looking gun and then there's the weird little like air gun. Oh, yeah, the air thing gun, that which I love when freeze. they shoot it. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, you can't even tell that they've shot it. It makes a really weak, like, popping sound. But you can watch them reload it. Like, they yeah. pull this big thing back, and it, it's quite amusing. But we, this is where we get to meet, um, what's it? Billy? Billy and, and Betty? Betty, yeah. Yeah. All American Who, children. Betty does not look like a little girl when she's laying there. And then... Um, yeah, that first scene, it's a little weird. It looks like a boy. Uh, it does. They, it, I don't know if it's the lighting that they have set up, but the whole design just looks like a younger brother. Then, obviously, she takes her hat off, and she's got pigtails. Yeah. We know. And so then they take the kids to the North Pole, or they go up to the North Pole, and the kids escape because Dropo is being Helping kind to them. them and letting them do yeah. whatever they want. And they break the radar box, which uh, is funny because like, it seems important, but never comes up again. Because they're like, yeah, how come? How come the U.S. Space Force is following us? And then, uh, <laughs> and they're, that they never talk about that again. But uh, Voldor keeps trying to kill the kids too. Yeah, he really wants to kill those kids. Because nobody can know that the Martians have kidnapped Santa Claus, right? The polar bear, and <laughs> the polar bear. Well, they <laughs> the the Martians send out Torg the robot uh, to hunt down the kids as well. And so they all they all try and get the kids who are they're trying to find their way to. To Santa's workshop. Yes. And they have a close encounter with Voldar, but then this polar bear shows up. <laughs> and it's one of the worst looking bear costumes <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It's so hideous. I love it. Uh, like this whole scene with between the bear and then the terrible the robot. robot. Yeah. Uh, it's great. They blew the budget <laughs> on the spaceship. Yeah. The bear's so funny. I'm oh trying to find God. a good a good view of this bear because I want to see him again. Very obviously a man in a suit. Oh, man. Then the robot comes and get him. Torg the robot. And I wrote down, Torg hungry, Torg want eat. He is the epitome of early 1950s sci-fi robot. Yeah, he's just a, a boxy cardboard thing with dials on it. Yes. It's bad. And the dials, it's a small box, and they have these other things that are, they 
I don't know if they're supposed to look like tape or whatever, but they're literally just a sticker. Oh yeah. Very obviously a sticker. It's not a it's not a sophisticated robot costume. I do have a soft spot for dryer tubes in any sci fi movie. <laughs> that it's the cheapest, simplest way to make something look spacey. I don't know. I don't know why it is, but everyone goes that way. So this guy's wearing dryer tubes on his arms and legs. He is, and the gloves are like some sort of weird. You've got like pincher hands. Yeah, they they really put some effort into the tin foil that they made that with, though. But the robot goes to get Santa Claus, and this is where Santa meets the Martians. And I do want to say before we describe any more of this, Santa's kind of a goofy badass in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't care. And no, he just does it, not care. The only thing we know for sure is that he doesn't really like his wife. <laughs> When, when she comes in and gets frozen by the freeze gun, he's like, well, that's a nice change. <laughs> it's quiet that's in the, here. That's the most quiet you've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my dear, I can't recall a time when you were so silent for so long. But they come in and the little pop guns apparently are freeze guns. <laughs> yes. And they're freezing all the people. And Santa's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll go with you. Clearly, he would have went with them. All they needed to do was ask. Yeah. He did not care. He's like, eh, I'll take a break from having to make toys. The elves will do it. Let's go. He's just a man who always ends up on top. He's just lucky. Yeah. So he never worries about anything. So I'm looking at the um, the newspapers that show up. The first one says Santa Claus kidnapped by Martians. It's the Daily Tribune. And then there's a bunch of foreign newspapers that show up. And the ones that I can read don't say anything about Santa. Oh really? Like, it's it's just like uh, let's see here and Lasoir, yeah, like the crisis of democracy, the extension of the rebellion in Congo. So the only country that cared about Santa was the U.S. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's the same. They they even just used the same. Uh, the newspaper at the beginning is the same one as the one at the end. So they just made one fake newspaper, and in fact, they didn't. They just uh, you can see the the edges where they just printed something out and put it on top of the newspaper that's funny that is funny um they do once they steal santa claus they take <clears> off they leave but they realize that they're being chased by the the space force which apparently showed up you know some 40 or 50 years yeah. before it should have but they do actually do in that they pick up the radar box again because uh-huh. they're trying to figure out what's wrong and Voldor's like it looks like little billy is the problem or whatever it was mm-hmm. like he's just assuming that the kid did it it could have been Billy anybody problem. else yeah i keep wanting to call him timmy in this i don't know why he looks like that's fine um, but then he 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 tries to kill them again yeah yeah which is probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire thing well we'll, we'll get to that i, I wanted to the Werner von green interview where they're talking to fake Werner von brown oh that's there's right. a german accent talking about rocketry <laughs> Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, and that's where we get some more stock footage of the UN and rockets. And and then Voldar takes them. Uh, he, he wants to give them a tour. Yes. Uh, but that's after Dropa offers him an excellent dinner of of uh, food pills. But the kids aren't hungry, so Dropo eats all the ice cream. The kids are talking to Santa Claus uh, before we, we get to that. They're, um, and the only thing that they really say to Santa is that mommy and daddy are going to be very angry <laughs> yeah. that we have been kidnapped. <laughs> yep. They're yeah. not going to be upset. They're going to be very angry at us yeah. because we were kidnapped by Martians. Because we stayed out too late. You know, that's kids <laughs> Kids do think stuff like that, though. They they do, for sure. I just think that, that that's like, what they're, they're saying like, to Sorry Santa. I missed my curfew, Mom. I was kidnapped by Martians. But like Santa's like, eh, it'll be fine. We're good. I'm Santa Claus. You're like, I'll... I'll make it right. Because they even, they apologize to him because they're the reason that they found Santa at the North Pole. And yeah. Santa's like, everybody knows where Santa's yeah. workshop is. They could have kid kidnapped up. literally anyone. Yeah. Like, You're not that important, kid. Come off your, <laughs> come off your high horse. Of course, he said it a lot nicer yeah. than that. But then Valdor comes in and wants to give them the tour. Yeah. And they and don't trust him. The kids do not trust him. Santa's like, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? And he takes them to the airlock. Yeah. Which, by the way, little Billy explains exactly what the airlock is. Goes through this whole thing about how, you know, the, you would be out in space if it opened and this and that. And Voldor slips away, closes the door, and they have 60 seconds until the door opens. Uh-huh. 
And Billy seems to be the only person who's afraid. Yeah. Well, that's because... Uh, so Santa sees a what looks like a tube, and he says, "Where does this lead?" And so that's how they get out is with Santa's magic chimney powers. Oh yeah, the magic chimney f- powers, which I think is fantastic too, because he like scares the crap out of them when they're just like, "Oh, we're right here." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and so Kimar comes in, and Voldar's doing the countdown, and Kimar says, "Who's in the airlock?" And he says, "Nobody." now <laughs> oh yeah that's right and then we have our first 1960s fight scene uh-huh. uh it's so good this is this is how everyone in the in the 60s fought it's a very star trek fight scene except with a lot more close-ups than you get in star trek yeah a lot more and no double-handed fist like back hit or yeah. anything like that it actually moved faster than the star trek fight scenes yeah they did a good they did a decent job with it it's the classic clunkiness that they just don't like. I don't know how people fought in high school. I do remember the one part in that fight though, where like uh, Voldor pretends to like karate chop uh, Kimar yeah. in the back or something like that, and it was so like half-assed because he was too close. Like they missed their mark or something, and he just kind of like lightly slaps him almost. <laughs> but yeah, once that's done, they're like he's like choking him out or whatever, and then they get it done, and Santa Claus comes in and yep. scares the shit out of him. Like, Voldemort's like, what? And then they get to Mars. And then they get to Mars. And, and Santa's the, like, yeah, I'll help you. Kids and Santa get to live in in the Martian house. And eat Martian food and hang out with Martian children. And then they make toys for all the kids. Yeah, when they, when they meet Santa, he makes unremarkable jokes, but then the kids start laughing. Oh, that one and scene where the, they just start laughing, yeah. yes. Yeah, we're going to pipe that one in. The kids went to bed without the sleep spray. <laughs> and then, uh, so Voldar is in a cave with his idiot friend. This, yeah, I like Shim. Kimar must have beat the crap out of him because he completely changed his personalities and they turn into the Three Stooges. Yeah. He was so serious with, in the beginning and now he's just. They get the slinky ad. <laughs> I know. So once, I don't remember what it is, but someone's talking about a wonderful invention. They have it's just a spring, but it goes down the stairs. Yeah, I think it's actually one of the the Stooges with Vold Voldar. Like yes. he's like uh, talking about how cool it is, but then they have to snack back into being the evil people because they also they set up the nuclear shield or whatever it is. Yeah, the jail cell that they're gonna keep Santa Claus in when they kidnap him. But they uh, Santa and the two Martian kids and the Earth kids. They are making the toys for all of the other Martian children. Yes. They they give him a like an imaginary technological workshop. Right. Where you just say doll and you imagine a doll and it falls out of the wall. That's the loudest I've heard her yell. I'm gonna actually step out there. Okay. Okay. We were talking about the toys. Yes, well, I got a little distracted and I'm now watching the uh in a video Arby's made where they make meat-based vegetables. What? They're making the turkey breast carrot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, the toy shop. And this is where, like, the movie kind of... Uh, I stopped paying attention a little less. Because at this point, you're like, I know what's going to happen. The bad guys break in. Uh, well, sabotage Droppo the dresses workshop. up as Santa yes. when Santa goes to bed. And goes to the workshop to make more toys. Yeah. And then the bad guys come to sabotage the workshop. Correct. And then they kidnap Dropo thinking that he's Santa Claus. Which is, you know, it's easy mistake to make. <laughs> like, it's it's so impossible to believe that they're the same person. Oh, so impossible. Because yeah. Dropo's still got his helmet on and yeah, he's green. He's, <laughs> and... <laughs> he's a terrible looking Santa Claus. And he's just, <laughs> he's just trying to keep up the facade. 
and then Voldar goes back to negotiate from a place of power. He's like, I've got Santa Claus, and then Santa Claus walks into the room. Yeah. Oh, the nuclear curtain thing, too. The guy's, like, watching him. Don't try to escape, because if you try to go through it, you're going to be vaporized. Yeah. And then he just unscrews the light bulbs and walks away. Yeah, well, he changes the green and red light bulbs, so when he turns it off, the other light bulb is on. It's actually, right. like, a reasonably clever uh, workaround for something like that. But Kimar gets the drop on them with the gun, and they raise their hands in some for some reason, like ballerinas. Oh, that's When they put right. their hands yes. up, they're, like, holding them up over their head like they're in a... Yeah, they were trying to do something like weird, but they literally do it as like that ballerina pose where they they put their arms like straight up in the swan pose or whatever it's called. I forget what happens at that at the end because the kids like save the day by attacking him. Voldar gets in the workshop and then the kids just bully him and hit him with sticks and shoot things at him and throw toys at him. And it's like <laughs> two and a half minutes. It's it really long. Shit at this actor. <laughs> uh huh. I do want to say before all of that too, they sat. Uh, Voldor sabotages the workshop oh, yeah, by like like, opening something and just moving a wrench around. Uh-huh. But when they come back in, they're like, we can't fix it. Yeah, it's it took Voldor two seconds to break it, but they, they, they can't just fix it. The wires are all in the wrong place. And then the the toys start coming out all wrong. They do come out wrong, which is actually really funny. Yeah. The, the, the mangled toys is a pretty funny gag. The badminton b- baseball bat. Yeah, and like a Teddy bear with a doll's head. Yes. It's funny. But yeah, once the whole thing happens, um, they finally capture Voldor and his crew and save the day. Yeah. And then they let them go back to Earth, I guess. As a... Oh, that's right. Originally, no. when they took Santa, he was like, okay, I'll help you set all this up. And then I'm going to go home. And they're, and like, they're no, like, no, no, you live with leaving. us now. Yeah. Yes. But then the kids are so sad that... M- Mommar, Momar, the Mom Martian, yes. says to Kimar that you you know what's happening. You know why the children are sad. So he has a, you know, he's like, okay, well, we obviously can't keep them. We have to send them home. Right. And Santa f- figures the whole thing out because he always saves the day. And he's like, well, you have your own Martian Santa. It's Dropo Christmas. Dropo Claus. And like, when he comes out with the big balloon tummy. And he's just dancing around. Yes. Like, he's he is working hard. He it and Santa so are the stars oh, of the film. Oh, that's right. During the whole weird kids thing, Santa Claus is, like, blowing bubbles from his, um, his pipe. Yeah, his pipe, yeah. He's not helping. He's not doing anything. He's just laughing. Well, he built the toys, I guess, or something. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, shooting him with a fire extinguisher, bow and arrow, some sort of, like, marshmallow gun. And they're shooting, and I remember they're shooting the balls, and it, they shoot it through the door or whatever, and there's that really bad jump cut with the guy who turns with the ball in his mouth or whatever. Yes, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> that Instead of, like, doing a shot, they, they just cut, put a ball in his mouth, and then started rolling again. Yes, immediately rolling again. It was It was funny. So it wasn't even a jump cut. It was just, like, a bad cut. Yeah. A jump cut would have been a better idea. And then, uh, and then the kids go home. Everything's great. What the the whole we never movie find out if their parents were ends. angry or not. No, we don't. But the, Santa just says away. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it ends. Merry Christmas. Let's go. Goodbye, dear friend. Away. And then you see like the sp- and then you see the spaceship flying away, and then we don't know what happens. We don't. Uh, so they, as far as we know, like did, uh, maybe they never made. They it. never even got home. Yeah. There's no more Santa Claus on Earth because he just didn't make it. Because it was cool at the end. They did the the, the multi-layered star thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was actually not a bad shot with the model. I but it was such a, a stupidly note. fun movie. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time. And, like, there are all these stupid sets. It's people just having a good time. Uh, it was better than the Ferris Bueller TV show. Yeah, that's true. I have one last note we didn't address, which is... Uh, after Dropo is kidnapped, there's a scene where I think Momar is walking around and just be like, "Oh, nothing's getting done. Where's our Where's Dropo?" And and it's like, "Oh, we miss our servant. None of the chores have been done. Where is our our stolen servant man?" That's right. Uh, I'm glad Dropo got a new job because he was getting taken advantage of. I think he was a good guy. I mean, a good Martian. All right, a good Mars man. 
Do we rate these? We do rate these. Okay. What would you like to rate it? I'm going to oh, give it. Uh, before you give me the rating, okay. I will say that IMDb out of 12,000 um, votes is uh, a rating of 2.7. And uh-huh. on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a 25% tomato meter and a 27% audience score. Audience score is 5,000 plus. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to give this a solid 11. Out of 15? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 15. This is, uh, it's not offensive, which no. helps. And it's, uh, it's, it's a movie that you can have people over, put on, and you can goof on it and talk about it and, it's, it's and have a good time. Fun. Your last 11 you gave was Sesame Street Presents. The Follow That Bird. Yep. And Summer Rental, which Sesame Street Presents, I also gave a 10. So we're doing right. the same exact. So course. we're on the. All right, I got one final note of trivia about this, which is that apparently in February 1998, Universal Pictures announced a remake of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians with David Zucker attached to produce and Jim Carrey to star as Dropo. That's wild. Project had an estimated 2002 release date. Uh, So can you imagine two years after Jim Carrey's The Grinch, uh, Jim Carrey as Dropo? No. (laughs) A little bit of a step down, I would say, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know. It could have been good. It could have been good. I think late. I think by the by the 2000s, the Zuckers had lost a lot of their their charm. This, I mean, but this movie, even writing wise, there's some real good, fun things in it. You just kind of actually have to pay attention to it because nothing is being portrayed as like jokey in any way. There's a good yeah. bit of seriousness, but there are some attempts at laughs that do get laughs. Yeah, if it's it's kind of like a similar situation with the Batman 60s Adam West series. Where yes, uh, I can see that. Where some people watch it and they think because it's not being portrayed as a comedy that it's not intentionally funny. Because Batman's interesting because it does not have a laugh track and for a show made back then, which makes it way more watchable. But so it's easy without the laugh track. You say like, oh, maybe they didn't intend it to be funny. Maybe it's accidentally. But no, they knew they were making something stupid. But they're taking it like somewhat seriously, and it's that kind of like the seriousness that they're doing makes it funnier yeah that's yeah no i i agree with you and i'm sorry while you're talking about that i'm reading through some of the imdb like ratings and some of these people are like uh robert p what a terrible movie i hated every bit of this film yeah and then harrison b great movie this is a must see if it's late at night and you're hanging out with your friends yeah that guy's right and then another one santa's laugh gave me nightmares I'm sorry. <laughs> he does have a weird laugh. He does have a weird laugh. But if you go into this movie like expecting too much, you are going to be disappointed. But if you go into this movie almost expecting practically nothing, I think you're going to have a fun time. I think expectations are the thief of joy. So, because you should expect nothing all the time. We, we both have terrible attention spans to yeah. things that are boring, and we both watch this movie all the way through. Yeah, we did a better job of watching this and some other things so yeah which hopefully you'll find out by january what those other things are yeah (laughs) all right that's all i got well thanks for joining us we had a blast i'm glad we finally did this sorry i uh this this is my we could have recorded this on sunday but i was too sleepy that's okay i i I would rather have a wide awake ned than a tired cranky ned i took like a two-hour nap this afternoon which is very unusual for me well you stayed up till after one o'clock last night yeah but i, I mean that's I, four I hours past your like, normal bedtime i slept till like eight thirty. did you work today yeah yeah i just like i it worked from home so i just oh, okay. as soon as i woke up logged in and then like finished breakfast and let the dogs out back uh, that's fair hopefully you're not behind right now my uh i am but it's it's okay um my boss had to, uh, she called us, me and my other coworker to like have us do some like ticket training. Cause my, one of my team members is going out on maternity, paternity leave, mm-hmm. uh, in the new year pretty soon. So, but, so she was like, Oh, I have to take my mom to the emergency room. Uh, but we can do this first. And I'm like, no, no, take your mom to the emergency room. You <laughs> lunatic. Like this is a, an unimportant ticket. 
handling training like your mom should be taken to the emergency room so for real i mean you're gonna you maybe take her to the emergency room and yeah, then I, jump on the call because there was like there for eight she hours. was going over something else and she was like you know is there anything else is like we can do this and it's it's like take your mom to the emergency room now oh, <laughs> i'm ending God. this call and you're taking her that poor and then old so, woman. She, so she's uh my manager is missed most of this week okay because that was tuesday and then she has her out of office to next and then Monday, next week so. is christmas and then the following week is new year's basically yeah. and my and I, the following I week have, you may have a vacation i have uh the office is closed that week but i can log in for work so anything i'm behind on uh, okay i'm gonna catch up before uh in that week there you go and then i won't introduce much pto and the well, nice thing about good. the office being closed is that there none, none of the other nonsense. There won't be any emails coming in or any tickets coming in. So, oh, let let's sign off. Yeah. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy sorry. New Year. Merry Christmas. Marzi Christmas. Martian solstice. <laughs> so, uh, Happy September, everyone. September. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> good night.